0: Welcome back. This is Foreign Devs. My name is Victor.
1: Let's do that again.
0: (laughs) What was that? Nothing. (laughs) That (laughs) is that is totally staying in. Okay. (laughs) Take two. Take two. Welcome back. This is Foreign Devs. My name is Victor, and I'm Yanni.
1: That's a good start. That's a good start. What's going on, Yanni? What's new? Nothing. We just finished up the uh, Fort Lauderdale boat show and survived. We did. That was tough. Those long hours on your legs, on your
0: feet are very tough.
1: But I have to admit,
0: admit, though, that was probably one of the better Fort Lauderdale shows we've ever been to.
1: Yeah. You know, it started off real slow and it was literally worrisome there in the beginning, but um, good quality leads over the course of a few days and uh yeah, hopefully uh have a great great uh result at the end of the year from it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be great. What are you doing development wise? A whole ton. Whole ton. <laughs> actually it's been a headache of a day, so so um you know just chasing my tail with various various uh bits and pieces coming together. And uh yeah.
0: What about you? Yeah, so, so this week I had the the pleasure of working with the Facebook SDK. That was an interesting one.
1: You Another well documented
0: Oh goodness. It is just product. as bad as yeah, just as bad as AWS. I would just everything was kind of a struggle. And um I ran into a couple of different issues. One was one that we have already talked about, which is abandoned packages. So I found a nice Laravel wrapper for the Facebook SDK, and it's an abandoned package. So that was a bummer when I realized I was going to pull it in, and right away I get the, well, is this this doesn't support Laravel 6, and when I look at the repo, I look that there's been a pull request that was made probably over a month ago, and it still hasn't been hasn't been pulled in. So... I said, you know what? Let us let me roll up my sleeves. Let me pull the real Facebook SDK and you know, just wrap it myself for the functionality that I need. And then I quickly discovered that part of the Facebook SDK is that it doesn't tell you that there's actually two of them. So after about an hour of trying to figure out why my my API calls weren't working, I discovered there's a Facebook business SDK, totally different SDK. And Right. You know, after that, I was kind of able to figure it out and I got it working. So that's good. But I was trying to retrieve some some leads to have some Facebook ads that you can add forms to and convert them. And then I was just trying to retrieve them on the back end. That was not 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 easy. It was frustrating because documentation, again, didn't have enough material.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I honestly feel like um, whenever you've reached out or when you've submitted anything for review, et cetera, if you've ever had to interact with any of their developers or, or their uh, support staff, it's almost like every, every correspondence ends with, you idiot, at the end of it when they're talking to you. So <laughs> no matter how well you explain what you're encountering to them, they reply in the least amount of words possible and end up with a silent, you idiot. So it's always your fault, you know, you've never discovered anything wrong with their setup. But but yeah, yeah I've never that's frustrating. I've never had
0: to never had to communicate with them. Don't want to though, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think AWS would be better better in uh this example. But hey, dude <laughs> I forgot to mention uh we got to see your brochure for the first time, your printed brochure and it looks great. Thank you. Yeah. So
0: another funny story about that. So Obviously, I've been deep in thinking about, you know, pulling budget out of print and, you know, going digital. And we've talked about in the podcast before. And today I just got knocked over the head. So I come home for lunch, I open my mailbox, and you're not going to believe who I got an 80 page catalog from in the mail. I got the same one. I got the same one. Who is it from? Amazon. Amazon, what? I mean, that just blew my mind. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I think you put it the best way when i when I texted you about it earlier. So I'll I'll let you say what you what you had said to me.
1: Yeah. So you know, and this is a topic I want to dive into in this episode a little bit more about how marketing has killed these different mediums, and it's almost like it's the unexpected of Amazon to do a print print catalog and it's awesome um you know it's gonna grab a bunch of people's attention it's already grabbed both of ours you know when you sent me the picture earlier today i was like wow then when i got home and saw it in my mail i'm like wow um but you know what when i was a kid i remember flipping through these christmas or holiday catalogs and you know getting all excited about the toys etc and uh it's the first time in a long time that I've flipped over open a catalog and I'm like, this is awesome. You know, it takes me back to the Christmas, you know, Christmas vibe when I was a little kid and I've got uh my brother and his his kids come in for a for a few weeks to visit here shortly and you know, we gotta think about uh presents for them, et cetera. So it was perfect timing, you know, perfect for us to get some inspiration because other than uh, you know, just randomly searching you know I feel it's it's almost best for us to just go into the stores nowadays and and uh get a sense of what's cool and uh what they might like um because we don't have kids of our own, and you know we can't just base it off that right I tell you man that that was that was a low blow
0: for me uh because obviously I've been thinking, well, you know it's time to get out of this and and go to you know the digital stuff, but what you had actually said to me was you know the the just the, the digital advertising is so densely packed right now yep. that you got to do anything and everything just to get a customer's attention. And in this case, it's it's Amazon, you know, the, the company that would have at least expected to spend tons and tons of money. I mean, this is a thick, full color catalog mailed out to pff, who knows how many of their customers. And it was just a big blow for me because obviously I've been thinking the contrary of that.
1: Yeah. You know, let's dive right into that. Um, Talk about marketing and advertising and so kind of shifting to a a related topic. And that's, I saw, saw a guy in the boating industry earlier this week post that only 3% of Followers on social media. See what a company posts and He flat out says Don't be scared to wear them out with content meaning don't be scared to post a ton of content for the audience to see and I am completely in In the opposite on this one Um, You know, I've seen in my lifetime, you know snail mail get killed with junk mail uh phone calls get killed with telemarketers and we're seeing that again with robo callers email get flooded with spam websites filled with ads tv packed with commercials so you're almost paying to watch commercials more than you are the content nowadays social media is packed with ads you know you can't go through a feed news feed uh or your wall without just seeing a ton of ads and it's annoying and these advertisers are going, you know, none of these work. Let's hit them with SMS, podcasts, you know, let's start advertising on podcasts, et cetera. So it's, it's a cat and mouse game of technology and uh, communication mediums trying to escape advertising and then advertising coming in with technology to actually get into those mediums. And it's um, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, I definitely don't agree. I think that in the social media world, you know, if somebody is, is following you, or if you if you wanna gain traction in the social media world, the quality of the content is extremely important. And it's difficult to have really high quality and really high quantity, right? Because for us in the boating industry, it's very expensive for us to do photo shoots. You know, we only get to do them a couple of times a year and we make the best use out of it, but we don't generate enough media to be able to post every single day, you know, or even, maybe sometimes four times a week, you know, you got to kind of pace yourself and have that following and have more of the persistent, you know, the, the consistent rather um, flow of things. But I definitely think you can kill them with overposting, especially as a company. I don't think that's the right call.
1: Absolutely. And you know, that's one reason I've liked to as a, on the dealership level, create uh, content that amplifies content coming from the manufacturer rather than just share that manufactured content over and over again. And a perfect example of this is I got a call a few weeks ago from the Midwest. A gentleman had seen a video I had done and then landed late, late, or later on another video I had done. A, so these were two boats that kind of compete, you know, both similar size. And he was in the Midwest, you know, neither of these boats Anywhere close to him to see in person, but he knew when he came down to Florida several weeks later that he he wanted to purchase one to replace his existing boat so in the end, he ended up purchasing for me a three hundred thousand dollar boat because he happened to see a few minute video I had done a year ago, and it's just mind blowing you know he's he has Dealers closer to him where he is in Florida that could sell either brand of boats, but um, he got that personal interaction way before he ever met me in person. You know, there was that connection there and it's just amazing what content can do. And uh, you know, firsthand the kind of content, you know, these videos, they're nowhere near the production that a manufacturer video shoot is there's something that could be done in a matter of a few hours, you know, even if you're starting from scratch in a few hours, you could knock out a very professional video and, um, have a lot of fun with it and share it with your audience out there. And that content is just going to keep on snowballing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a similar experience in, in, at the boat show. And that was that I, I, I have been creating videos for, for my company as well. And, so many people knew who I was right when I started talking to them. It's like, oh, you're the guy from the video. So the thing about the the videos, when you create them and it's almost like they're not professional enough that you know that they didn't invest a ton of money in doing it, is that they seem legit. They seem almost like reviews of the product and they trust that voice because it's not this elaborate production that clearly was done, you know way over the top and it's a you know voice over a professional voiceover actor talking over the top and it's like oh there's another commercial right it feels like yeah. a commercial but even though these videos are technically commercials they don't feel and they don't have that commercial bad taste in your mouth and and i think that's why content you know video content has has just skyrocketed because it just oh, doesn't absolutely. feel like advertising you know
1: absolutely and uh, yeah. same note you know this is the boat show i've never had more people come up and say hey you're the guy from the videos or knew me before i ever you know introduced myself Um, right which is a real good good feeling you know we've we've been doing this together for many years the videos um you know almost a decade now and and um i think it's reached a level where the rest of the industry now has to really start catching up and we're starting to see it you know I'm seeing it from competing dealers, and you're seeing it from dealers that represent your brand as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of them have hired, you know, in in-house full-time videographers. It's absolutely it's an up it's an upcoming thing, and it's a it's not an expense. It's like an, an a great investment in the business. I think every penny spent there is is very well spent. You know these these advertisements. I my my always struggle is you know is as long as you're paying, your ad is showing. You stop paying, your ad goes away. You know, your videos, you, you, you post a video up on YouTube and it basically stays there forever.
1: Yep, yep. You'd be surprised, you know, how many, many comments we get on videos that, of boats that have sold years ago. So it's, uh, it's one of the kings of marketing, you know, if not still the king. So I actually got an email um, this week, which I thought
0: was kind of interesting and a cool idea. And I might even might even implement this in the future. Um, it was from Credit Karma. And it was a new offer on some sort of savings account. It doesn't matter what the content was is irrelevant. But at the bottom, there was a little message and it said, not ready? Just click here and I'll remind you at a later date. And I thought that was a pretty cool idea because at the time, maybe the person wasn't ready to read that message, but they could click on that, go back to the server, and then in 30 days they can resend that email to the user.
1: You know, that would um directly apply to boats. You know, someone might not be that far in the process but wants to um, you know, get a general reminder about, about the products you're presenting. So yeah. Yeah, I, like I thought that, that
0: was yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool idea. It's pretty cool and fresh marketing idea. Um, coming from them that, that, you know, again, just very simple to implement, you know, on the code side and just reset an email and re hit that same person at their convenience. Right. And, and at that point you are, you can start your message with, Hey, you know, remember when you click that button, here's your reminder, you know, and it's like, Oh, okay, that's right. I forgot that I said that I was going to take a look at this. Almost feels like they're obligated to do it at that point.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I just can't wait with this dealer management system that I'm building out. I can't wait for things to really start coming together where we can start integrating uh, some of the marketing bits and pieces into it, you know, something I'm really passionate about because uh, it's all going to, when we get over the humps, it's all going to start coming together really quick with new features and it's going to be like the desks are booting up and really uh, shake the industry once they figure out what's what's happened, you know, especially competing dealers. Um, yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm do excited. You, do you have a Do you have our our tip for the week on when you're applying for a job?
1: I do actually. Yeah, we could go into that. And there's a few more. I would promise I'd talk about uh, taking a car manufacturer to court and winning. So, we'll come back around to that. But so this week's application tips are pretty quick. You know, this happens over and over again. Do not show up to an interview uh, with muddy sneakers and stinking of body odor. Oh, boy. Do not do it. Please Um, shower.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Please shower every day, whether you're going to go to a job interview or not, right? (laughs) It's just a public
1: service announcement. (laughs) And it's it's funny, so you'll get guys who are requesting a high salary, and you'll have someone professional show up, you know, well-dressed, says everything, you know, really demonstrates his knowledge, is well-spoken. And for that same salary, you'll have another guy show up, or another two, in sneakers, you know, that have fresh mud on them, T-shirt that's a little too, you know, small for the guy, and, again, stinking and just leaning back in the chair like he's on the couch and you're just kind of like, really? Yeah, but, body uh,
0: language. Body language and attitude are, I do feel are extremely connected. And I think you can absolutely. you can read a person very well by their body language and it's, it's unconscious, right? So they, I mean, you can try to do something, but eventually over a long period of time, you will revert back to just an unconscious body language. And so that's when you really get to know them. At that point,
1: absolutely. And it's funny with the request of salaries. You know, sometimes I have these guys who have a high number in mind, but then when you ask them what they were making before, it's you know forty or fifty thousand dollars less. And it's just like, you know, are you trying to, you know, at least try throw curve curveball at <laughs> me? You know, uh, let's be realistic here. Um, so that's really my application tips for uh for this week.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean it's it's difficult to to gauge somebody's knowledge. You and I were talking about this about this earlier, but it, it's it's very difficult in an interview to to gauge the person. So most of the interview is really based around personality, body language, you know, just how well you speak and you know, some code. You know, you might do some whiteboard stuff, but all that stuff is prepared, right? And there's no way of interviewing and really, really knowing how much the person knows. So, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I had wanted to name this episode. It was the one where Yanni explains the dangers of hiring idiots for marketing and Victor nods his head. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to name it that is, you know, going back to the topic we kind of started with about, you know, wanting to overshare or, um, just, uh, flood, flood your social media with, with, the uh, content, you know, there's dangers to hiring the wrong person or having the wrong person represent your company. Um, it's same thing as, you know, in the old days, if you were painting, you're building a really funny color, you know, that might discourage people from walking in. Um, So you got to remember that that person who's handling your marketing is the same person who's representing your customer and making that first impression uh, to your customers. Right. I think
0: it's super important, especially if you're going to be trying to do videos and stuff, as we were talking about, you know, you got to be presentable. I agree. All right, man. Fill us in on this this
1: story. I'm ready for a story, Ty. So last episode we talked, or we finished off with how important it is to be prepared. And this came about actually, um, so the other week I called, I'm uh, coming up on 20,000 miles on one of my vehicles, and called the dealer uh, just to see what they charge for their services. And one thing I've noticed is that the vehicle pulls just ever so slightly to the right. Most people wouldn't notice it. Uh, but it just bothers me a tiny bit and I figured, okay, you know, uh, if I'm going to take it in, you know, let's see what the alignment would cost. And, uh, they came back with 3.99 for it. So $399 Ooh. for an alignment. And Ouch. the reasoning was that because the car has adaptive cruise control and has the cameras that the cameras need to be recalibrated. Well, my take on it is the cameras are hard mounted. They're fixed. They don't move. And if we're just simply bringing the vehicle back into spec, you know, again, it's a year old vehicle, 20,000 miles. Um, You know, we should be able to just bring it back into alignment, not adjust any cameras. Right. And if the cameras were that sensitive, it would mean that in its current state with a very slight pull that the adaptive cruise wouldn't work or it would do funny things but i just saw it as a way for dealers to make more money and of course the service advisor and the service technicians you know they get confused pretty easily when you actually start diving into uh the thought behind these things and you know how how things actually work so um you know we don't have mechanics anymore really what we have technicians who are just going step-by-step by by a procedural manual. But anyways, what that reminded me of was SEO. And there's so many companies, you know, oh, we guarantee these results, or we're going to get you here, or, you know, just everyone's getting emails all week long. And the client's reaching out, you know. All week, yes. Hey, should we do this? This sounds great. Well, the thing is, is that 99% of the time, and there are some exceptional companies out there, But 99% of the time you're paying thousands each month for intangible results or anyone can get you traffic. Anyone can get you all these leads, but the difference is getting the quality of leads or the quality of traffic that uh, aligns with your audience. And for years now, customers have been getting ripped off by these companies and uh, most of them just... Most of their sales reps just simply talk circles with technical terms meant to confuse customers, and um, yeah, that that's kind of what came to mind. And um, with the car example, you know, it's it's like okay, well, yeah, I guess I could be wrong there, but I tested that in court last year. Um, I had purchased another vehicle about two years ago and noticed that it had a uh, had an issue. Uh it's, took it in. I think everybody for,
0: noticed except, except the yeah. manufacturer literally everybody noticed it was just this obnoxious sound. I'd be on the phone with you and all of a sudden I'm hearing this noise and I'm like, what is that noise? And he's like, yeah. Give me give me give me thirty seconds, it'll go away. It's just this like wobble in the wheels or something.
1: Yeah, just uh caused by vibration in the vehicle and basically the whole vehicle shaking. But uh after, you know, so many visits to the dealership by, and them Tell me straight out that they had no you know nothing else to pursue in finding the uh, root cause um, I had to take legal action and go through the the proper processes and uh, ultimately that led me to court with them and court with their attorneys so here we have a several billion dollar company you know with basically infinite resources to throw out their lawyers going against a kid with you know a two inch binder full of documentation, but go taking the year I did to prepare for that and you know trying to document everything in the vehicle and just trying to reverse engineer how to prove and uh demonstrate what was happening without someone actually riding in the vehicle, for that, I had to just get a ton, and I mean just a ton of indisputable evidence and in that it was the form of of uh third-party technicians third-party shops all coming together and saying hey we can demonstrate it and uh as could dealerships but just no one knew what to make of it and no one knew what to do with it yeah um, man
0: you were you were very prepared for that i mean you had you had done some vibration tests too, didn't you? Yeah. Driving yeah. through the same road at the same time of the day kind of thing. Oh, Just repeatability. I
1: mean, it, was, it was insanity. It was, um, you know, going and test driving a new one of the vehicles to make sure there was nothing, then test driving a used one to make sure that, you know, there was nothing reproducible in those. And it was hundreds of hours of, of exhausting work and uh in the end it would have been way easier just to trade in the vehicle and let someone else deal with the issues, but but uh I didn't feel that was right or just. Um and you know, it wasn't it wasn't cheap vehicle either. So so yeah. I wanted to I wanted to, you know, take in this case what was the right course of action and and um uh, ultimately I knew or I felt that if I could be prepared enough that um, I had a chance of winning. But still in the end, it came down to basically a, a jury of my peers deciding on if, if my evidence demonstrated that there was a issue with the vehicle. Um, really nerve wracking, but they did did decide in my favor in the end and that put, put to end a uh, year and a half long battle with, with the manufacturer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing the lengths that as a consumer that you have to go to to do those things and just the fact of how unwilling they were to actually make it right. You know, and that's that's one thing that I do see in our industry quite a bit is just manufacturers not really standing behind their product. You know, you brought up Facebook, right? So that, that's a good example there's nothing wrong with our platform. Whatever it is you're doing, it's on you. It's 100% yep. you. It's not us. Yep. It's that mentality that companies have, especially the bigger they get, the more that mentality they get. And they, they, they kind of forget about the customer experience at that point, you know, post-sale. Absolutely. And so, you know, I see that more and more in our industry where manufacturers just don't really want to back up their product. And they're handmade. You know these these boats are not made like cars are, right? And the precision level is not even close. So you know things do go wrong. I mean, if you've ever owned a boat, you know that things do go wrong. But you gotta go with a manufacturer that really can support their product and is really willing to support the product, because you know it's no one's gonna go to the extents that you went to to get your money back, basically for a damaged vehicle that should have yep. been easily diagnosed. I mean, you don't need a college degree to, to hear the wobbling over the phone. I mean, it was insane. I never actually got to ride in, the, in the, the vehicle, so I don't know what it felt like while I was in there, but I could hear it through Bluetooth in the car, which is just crazy. And I think that's a funny story is you actually found the vehicle.
1: Oh, yeah. Sat. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, Not a month yeah.
0: later, they turned around and they were selling it. You, you found it online.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I said, thought, is yeah.
0: that is that your old car? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, so. somebody else is dealing with that now. Yeah, well,
1: I think by law they have to have to repair it before uh, putting it out there, and they have to offer a certain number of months of warranty on on the issue. But who knows? You know, yeah. um, I'm glad that's passed, and um, definitely one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Uh, not just in terms of the work and preparation, but also the emotional toll. I mean, just, uh, you know, every time I was bringing someone into the vehicle, family, friends, you know, hey, you know, it, as soon as the issue became, came up, then that's what our, you know, discussion would go to. As soon as they felt, hey, you know, what's going on with the vehicle? You know, then it was, oh, well, here's what's happening. You know, here's what I'm doing. And here's what's, you know, been consuming my life for many months. Yeah, it and I think, really... you know,
0: obviously, obviously the moral here is just, you know, you were prepared, you know, and you were able to to get your point across.
1: Yeah, so... and that's, that's what I want to end with, with proper preparation. Anything is possible. I mean, uh, you said it, you know, just shortly after I won the case, you said you know, something like, you know, he's the only guy I know who would, you know, go and take on such a big company, but you know when when you do everything you can to repair anything's possible i agree man so on that note let's
0: wrap it up for this one
1: all right so we've got plenty more content coming in the next episode thank you for tuning in to episode eight i'm yanni i'm victor see that you later a great one.